Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's your podcast? The Coach HP Show. I love it. Coach HP. HP, like what it, a vibe. You got a yeah, great vibe going great on. Vibe. We're happy we can meet great you. Great energy. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, boom. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. Welcome to the number one positivity podcast in the internet right now, the Coach HP Show. And today I have a guy who, Captain Tom, Captain Tom, there is few people, dude, that I feel is made to do what you're doing, bro, <laughs> to not only have the look, the vibe and everything, but man, you have like a golden voice, man. <laughs> have you always known that or no? Because I've been listening to you now for a while and I'm like, this guy is blessed with a fishing voice, a golf voice, a love DJ voice. Talk to me about that, man. Um, well, it's actually, I, I appreciate all the comments. That's, uh, that's great to get those compliments. It's, it's funny because when I was a kid, I was diagnosed with knots on my vocal cords. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore, but I, I, I thought I talked like a frog. Like, um, uh, we had, um, uh, the little rascals were on and there was one of the characters in the little rascals and he talked like this all the time. Like he was always talking like this yeah. and, and people told me I talked like that. And so I didn't talk, I was real shy. I didn't talk much. And, um, you know, once I found something that I liked, I began to talk more, I guess, but it's funny to hear that somebody thinks that I have a good voice. Somebody I've, I've heard people say that I sound like Matthew McConaughey and that's more of the, uh, the, the upbringing in Tennessee more than a voice like him. I think we have a similar accent, but, uh, it's, it's just fun, kind of funny to hear somebody say that I have a good voice. Because no, I, tremendous. I, I grew up thinking I had a terrible voice. No, tremendous voice, man. I'm <laughs> like, this dude has a talent there. That's, that's unheard of, man. It's, it's, it's really awesome. I take, so I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a big fishing guy. Cause I don't, even though I'm here in Miami because bro, the water moving, the cleaning of the boat, <laughs> I hate all that stuff. Right. But I love, like if we were friends, I would hang out with you up until the boat, the boat leaves. I'll help <laughs> prepare with you. I'm into everything, man, but I'm not into that part. Right. Your passion of fishing. Did Pops, did Senior bring that in? Is that you in general? Where'd you get that? Uh, definitely my dad. Definitely spending time with my dad growing up uh, is where I, uh, I learned about fishing. I enjoyed fishing. Uh, that was in Tennessee, and that was a different type of fishing than I grew to really, where, where my love of fishing really grew was where I saw fish in clear water, and I saw that you it was more like hunting than it was like traditional fishing that I, that I knew about, you know, more like what people think about when they think about fishing, like sitting under a tree with a bobber and a cork and, and, you know, it goes down or, or, you know, bottom fishing, uh, out offshore. 
And there's a whole different type of fishing. And I enjoyed hunting growing up and I, I enjoyed that very much, but there's a different type of fishing when you can go to a, a, a river in the Rocky mountains and, and it's crystal clear as clear as clear as your drinking water, you know, you hold it up. You can see a fish a hundred yards away and you can sneak up on that fish and that fish can actually see you too. So you have to sneak up on it and you have to, you know, fool it. It's like, it's a lot like hunting, but then you can let it go and you can keep fishing all day. And so that's really where the, the real passion for fishing grew was in the Rocky mountains there fly fishing for trout. And then, uh, I wanted to fish year round. So I found the Florida keys and thought, man, what is wrong with this place? This, this place is amazing. The water's clear, same kind of thing where we're, uh, fishing in the shallow water for bonefish permit, tarpon, redfish, snook, same stuff you got in Miami. And, um, and, uh, it's more like hunting. It's more like you're sneaking up on these fish and you have to do things right. And if you do them right, generally you catch the fish. And so it's up to you. And this is where it kind of, kind of intersects with your world. Have you done the preparation? Have you done the homework? Have you practiced? Are you willing to do what it takes to be good enough to capitalize on that opportunity? Because the opportunities are fleeting and you don't know when they're going to happen. So all of that kind of blends into the wrestling background that I had. And, um, and I love that. I love the preparation. I like you. I, I like the preparation. I like the homework. I like doing things that other people might not want to. Um, and I love the reward. Like that's, that's what I get in all of the fishing. Plus there's Dude, a boat race in the beginning. That was just that, pretty sweet. <laughs> that, that's, that's, listen, that's a, that's a beautiful answer. So I'm into captain. I'm into dissecting personalities right so i'm like okay tom's a winner why is tom a winner i i saw the episode with you and senior and that dude's special on his own right but i don't see you i didn't get the vibe that you guys have the same personality right so right. maybe that comes from but that doesn't mean it but i'm just saying he's a winner for some reasons but the fact that you had him there he won and i'm i'm very into this relationship father son thing, this whole dynamic right so when I look at you, I see a guy who's official in everything he does, right? And you smile because you take pride in that, right? Like you have a very neat studio. Your presentations are perfect. Like you, before we talk like, hey, I'm gonna have audio on my side too. How do I sound? That's a winner, okay? That's an all around winner. We could put you in anything in life and you're gonna win. That trait, where did you get that? Were you like that your whole life? Did that at some point you figured out this is the way I got to no. go? Talk to me about that. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, you have a lot of things that happen to you in, in youth athletics. And uh, I started wrestling when I was in kindergarten. I wrestled all the way through my senior year in high school and thought I was going to wrestle in college and just decided that I thought maybe I'd had enough. Um, I don't think I reached my potential in wrestling. And uh, I was, I, I was a, heavy favorite to win, win the state in my weight class, my senior year, ended up getting fourth place. I was devastated, really, really devastated. Even to this day, it's like, even after the story, I tell you, I have, it's hard for me to say I got fourth because to me, for me, that was a huge failure. Well, you know, being the fourth person in the state is pretty good, really. Right. But what it did for me is I didn't realize this. For a long time but what it did for me is i realized that i had the opportunity to win i had the potential to win i had the talent to win i had the skills to win i had everything to do that that i needed to capitalize on that opportunity 
but I probably didn't have it up here. And I probably hadn't done the work necessary to win no matter what, whether it went well, whether it went badly, that's a winner. A winner is somebody that like somebody that really wins is somebody that has a plan a a plan b c d e f g all the way down they know that they have worked harder than anyone in the gym of any weight class of any size of any experience level they've worked the hardest and they're going to win i i didn't do that i was good enough to win i had the skills to win i had the talent to win but i didn't do all that other work to make sure that that opportunity was capitalized on i didn't realize that for 20 years. And I was with one of my sponsors taking him fishing. I'll never forget this day. I was taking him fishing. And he was asking about, you know, uh, my athletic background and, you know, similar, similar kind of questions to what, what, what we're talking about right now. And I, you know, you go on these long boat rides and you just start talking. And I just kind of opened up to him and told him that the same story that I got fourth place in the state. And, uh, he goes, Oh, well, that makes all the sense in the world. You know, that that's why you do everything the way that you do it right now. I said, what are you talking about? He said, he said, well, you saw that you weren't prepared and you have decided that that will never happen again. And I was like, wow, it took someone else to point that out to me. And it took 20 years for me to realize that, but it was one of the most important lessons ever. And probably had I won, I probably wouldn't have the life that I have now. And that loss as, as, damaging and hurtful as it was, um, turned out to be one of the best gifts ever, because I realized that you can have the talent, you can have the skill, you can have the opportunity. That does not mean that you're going to win. And so what do you need to do to use those three things that you have that maybe not everyone else has, but there's lots of people out there that'll work harder, that don't have the skills and don't have the experience and don't have uh, the coaching and don't have lots of things, but they have the work ethic and they have the willingness to put themselves through something that other people won't and they win. And, that's, that's, uh, a, that's a great answer, Tom. I think it's a great answer. The, one of the things, obviously, I think, how old are you now? 55. 55. Well, I'll be 55 in August. So we're 10 years apart. I'm 44. Okay. okay. You were what, 69 or 68? 68. Yep. So I'm, six, I'm 79. So we're okay. 10 years apart of that era of athlete was there weren't too many people talking about teaching mindset back then. Right now, what I'm finding, because I'm like you in the fisherman world, I'm that in the kid development world in yeah. sports and with, and, and almost like off the field, on the field, everything. And, and this is interesting asking this to you because having two sons, one of the biggest problems with any school system now, let's put them all into play, is they don't teach boys, especially becoming teenagers, how to be empathetic, how to ask questions, how to deal with machismo, testosterone, how to deal with uh, loss, how to deal with rejection, failure. We don't deal with that, right? So that puts a lot of pressure on parents to make time to do stuff like that, right? One of the benefits, I think, of being raised in Tennessee, what part of Tennessee? Chattanooga. Chattanooga, right? A great, great place. Versus a Miami, per se, is big cities, people that come here, big dreams, big this, big aspirations. Well, you have to work if you're not uh, come from a lot of money, so there's not a lot of time to 
insert these values into these kids, you know, your dad, right? The way you parent versus the way he parents you. What is similar that you picked up from him? Similar is that we, we complement work ethic in, in, the ch in, in our children. I have three children of my own, two boys. And then, a then a, a girl's my, my third, she's my baby. And, um, try to, uh, to complement work ethic and to develop work ethic and to teach them that anything is possible as long as you work hard enough to get it. That's, that's kind of what my dad told me. Um, today I would probably be diagnosed with ADHD or something. I don't know. I had a hard time uh, concentrating in school. It wasn't something that I really enjoyed, had a hard time with it. Honestly, I waited until, you know, after school, so I could get into the athletics and things like that. That's what I liked about school is that, that you had athletics at the end. Um, so in, in some ways, you know, back then you were just kind of thought of as a dumbass, you know, or somebody that couldn't concentrate or a troublemaker or something like that today, they would diagnose it with all kinds of letters behind your name. Right. Um, so I wasn't ever in danger of, of someone telling me how smart I was all the time. Um, but my dad was smart enough, I think, to realize that I had a work ethic and I wasn't, I mean, I worked in the yard every weekend with him, you know, before I could go do anything, I had to cut the grass and do all the yard work and everything else. And those things, which seemed so boring and mundane and, and all my friends are out, you know, doing other things and I have to do this. Well, that is very powerful later in life. You start to realize that. And then on the wrestling mat, um, it was incredibly evident. Um, the harder you worked, the better you did. And, um, and my dad complimented me on that. I complimented my, my children on that and tried to teach them that basically anything's possible as long as you work hard enough. And I uh, love that, man. Are you a huge fan of the UFC by any chance? Yeah, I am. Who's your, who's your favorite guys? Who do you like a lot? Well, uh, my favorite fighter of all time was probably Matt Hughes. I really liked him. I like all the wrestlers. Okay. So, and, but it's becoming increasingly difficult because you got a big fight coming up this weekend. You got Gaethje and Poirier. I like both those guys. Uh, Gaethje's the hundred percent wrestler, right? Poirier is, is, you know, he's, he's a great fighter. I like his personality. I like everything about him. He's got a great work ethic, but I've always said, you know, between two fighters, I'm always going to cheer for the wrestler. Now you have, uh, you know, sometimes you'll have two wrestlers that are going at it and wrestlers have, have raised, uh, raised up in the, in the UFC to where, you know, pretty much the wrestlers are dominating right now. Um, it's it game over. Been. If you're a wrestler, yeah. it's game over, man. Well, I mean, you know, it, it, it can be, it can be, but you have other fighters like Nick Diaz and the Diaz brothers. They, they, they're not wrestlers and, and they know just enough to, to stay away from those things. But you and think that was a skills. different era? You think they did? I, a I different think it's era? a little, I think it's a little bit different era. And I think that, um, I think that it could change again. You know, where, where people of, of some other, that's what I think is so amazing about the UFC is that all of these things that we've talked about for years and years, is karate better than wrestling? Is boxing better than, than judo? You know, all of these things, it's a, it's, it's a test it's and a it's, test, yeah. it's on, it's on display every, every week. And you know, what is becoming more and more uh, obvious is that no one with one skill set, no matter how good they are. That's not enough to win. You take even a Bo Nickel right now that uh, is is one of the best college wrestlers ever to come out of the United States. 
unless he picks up some other skills, he's not going to win. But he's smart sense. enough to know I've got I've got to be a striker. And now, like in his last fight, he's such a good wrestler that the guy's like, man, I cannot get close to him. I cannot do all of these things. So just the threat of his wrestling allows him to capitalize in a striking oh, position. Oh, of course, of course. Right? Like, what do you think of uh you like Kevin Holland? Yeah. Yeah. You think he's gonna win this weekend? Uh who's he fighting this weekend? I don't even know. Um, it, it, well, it's, know no, it's somebody ranked. No, it's I think it's somebody ranked. Hold on, let me put it up right here real quick. I have his coach coming up after later today. I'm yeah. gonna connect you guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's a cool dude. They're in uh somewhere in Texas. I'm gonna connect you with him and then I'm gonna connect you also with uh my boy. He's a great guy for you to know. Um for now, he's Alex Pereira, strike coach. Okay. Well, what a what an athlete he is. Uh, I mean, that's that guy is uh, very impressive. And so there's there's another guy, not a wrestler, incredible at what he does, and and good enough uh, at wrestling and jujitsu. That I mean, he's a great jujitsu guy. But you know, it it's like you don't have to be a wrestler. It's well, just we're gonna find out this weekend. He's gonna find us because this is the first guy he's gonna fight that can take him to the ground. So let's see. And he's fighting a two or five for the first time. Yeah. So yeah, that's it'll be that's, exciting. That's a that's a really good card. There's a lot of great fights on there. I'm really looking forward to the uh, Poirier Gaethje fight because uh, who do you like there? Who do you like there? Yeah, you know that is that is a real toss up because both of those guys know what they're getting into. They the other guy is not going to give up. I mean, right, right. it's going. They're both going to get hurt, and it's a matter of what do you call a win because. Both, neither one, you're not going to win. Neither one of those guys is going to win a fight, that fight, and not feel it. So, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of think Gaethje, maybe. But, I mean, Dustin Poirier, he's, he's I mean, both of them are, are, are so good. And I like both of them so, so much that I, I don't know that I have a, a real strong favorite. I, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for both their skill sets and don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to bet against either one of yeah. those guys, man. You know? I, I have a good question for you. So as yeah. I'm doing research in you, I see a video two years ago where you gave your prediction where your hopefully prediction was Jake Paul versus uh, Ben, right? <laughs> yeah. And we saw I might have missed out. out on that no, one. No, it's okay. It's okay. A lot of people did, right? I'm a huge, I've, uh, I've interviewed Logan before. Uh, I actually covered Jake Paul's first fight here in Miami against uh, when he was still with the zone against Anderson Gibb, you know, and I saw a lot of potential. Right? I'm not a, I'm not a fighting. I'm not a boxing guy at all. Right. I'm a, I'm a vibe and positivity guy. Coincidentally, I get you on the show. Now we're a week away from Nate Diaz, <laughs> Jake Paul, captain Tom, who do you have winning that fight? Talk Man. to me. Again, it's really, it's really hard to, it's really hard to come up with something. I would really like to see Nate Diaz win. That's what I would like to see. Not that I don't like Jake Paul. I just think that, you know, the idea of, of somebody that's just getting started taking on a veteran, seems like the veteran should win. Uh, Nate Diaz, tough competitor, man. Hard to, hard to bet against that guy. But what goes on in this thing and what Jake Paul's really smart about is he is getting these guys out of their element and he's putting them in his element. And there is zero doubt that that guy is training hard. He's got the best coaches around him. He's getting a tremendous amount of experience Yeah, and he could win hundred percent. He could win. 
and maybe he will. Um, it's hard to bet against Nick Diaz, though. I, I I hear you. I hear you, Tom. One of one of the the biggest compliments I could pay you is you rarely see a guy who's fifty four years old. Two things, right? Uh, maintain staying in shape and taking care of his physique and stuff like that, but adapt so well to social media, to YouTube, the whole thumbnail, the presentation, the editing, all that stuff, dude. The your show is 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 amazing. Uh, who does that? Is that you? Are you in charge of that? How does all that come into play? Um, well, it it is me um, to an extent. Um, so the show we've been doing that for eighteen years now, and and there has been a, a gradual progression of increased quality and 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 you know the format has even slightly changed. But for the most part. I have a uh, an incredible um, producer that that shoots, edits, and uh, writes all the music for every single show since we started. How'd you find him? Um, he um, is the son of a famous fisherman that uh, had a show for a long time, Jerry McKinnis. Jerry McKinnis had a show on ESPN. It's one of the best fishing shows ever. It was called The Fishing Hole. And uh, he has uh, two sons and a daughter, just like me. And one of them worked with him. One of them felt like he wanted to do things on his own. And his daughter was kind of a little bit, did, did a little bit of both. I, I had his daughter and his son that wanted to be on his own, uh, both working for me at the same time. And, um, you know, they just wanted a project that, that was all theirs. And uh, we, we fit the bill. We got along great. Um, I'm smart enough to give him leeway. Um, and he... And I have a really good communication of like the way that my business works on the, on the television show is that, you know, it's all, it's all, um, supported by sponsors. So when we go and, and sell that to a sponsor, we get them interested. We tell them what it's going to be. We understand what their marketing objectives are. And we say, well, this is how we think this show is going to sell a lot of product for you. And so we're going to do this, this, and this. And they say, man, that sounds great. So then the, the challenge is, okay, how do we get this, this, and this actually filmed and then actually in the edit that actually makes it into this television show and does it in a way that, it, that you walk this fine line of sponsor promotion and entertainment. And so, honestly, that's taken uh, 18 years to perfect that. You do it beautifully. Um, you do it well, um, uh, amazingly, you. amazing. One of, by the way, one of your sponsors, who's my boy that I've loved on my show, is my man Evan Hafer here of Black Rifle Coffee. I like your shirt. I got what it. a what a great <laughs> dude, huh? Yeah, yeah. I don't know Evan actually. I'd love to. I'd love to know him. Uh, I have a, a another connection at Black Rifle, and um, and I love the company. I love the coffee. I love everything about it. It's fantastic, and it's a it's a great fit for my podcast. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, because that's what I drink anyway. So uh, it's fantastic. But well, great, put, great. put that on my list. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I had him on. He's the best. He's such a cool dude, man. Baseball player, played baseball for a little bit too. And what he's done is tremendous. But yeah, I love how how you put your show together and it's it's done tastefully you know and it almost looks like a retro show hmm. the way it starts like yeah. a, you get that nostalgic like 80s uh fishing thing with modern technology and with modern stuff and look i learned something i was just telling i was telling my wife yesterday i go look they're they're finding these sharks with cocaine in them <laughs> yeah. right and then i looked at your show and you have this dude who's literally testing that he's finding, I don't know, it was like antidepressants or something. Pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Yeah. In the all fish, kinds, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. In the fish right off of Miami is where we were, where we did that. We were in Key Largo actually. Um, but yeah, that's, that's going on. And what that means um, to somebody that's not a fisherman or whatever is that it's like a canary in a coal mine. It's like a bellwether that you, if, if, if the pharmaceuticals are ending up in the fish, then in somewhere somewhere along the line, the water's not being treated properly and those pharmaceuticals are not being removed and they're ending up in the ocean. Um, so for, for us, we're like, okay, well, will that change the behavior of the fish? Will they still spawn the way they, they will? Maybe, maybe they decide not to spawn, right? Like get, they get all chilled out with, with Xanax or whatever in their system and they're like, oh man, we're good. Like we don't need to do that. And Tom, what does spawn mean? What does spawn uh, mean? You know, reproduce. Oh, mate. Okay. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, um, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a big deal. <laughs> that's a like, big deal. Yeah. Like what if they just, you know, if it somehow alters their behavior and sets them up to get eaten by sharks and barracudas all the time, well, then there's less of them. So for us, it's kind of like, well, we don't know what this pharmaceutical means in the fish, but we do know that it could also spell, um, big problems for, uh, like sewage treatment and things like that. Like if the water's not being treated properly and it's being released back into the ocean, that's not good for anybody. So it, it, when you start finding things like that in, in fish populations, it can mean, and what he was telling us is that it can mean that, um, there's a leak nearby that needs to be, needs to be looked at. Got right? it. Got it. And Got so, it. you know, Fort Lauderdale has quite a few problems, uh, with their, with their sewage system. And, uh, I mean, everywhere that is near the coast and has a, has a booming population, you know, is, especially if they built the the sewage system like 20 years ago, that's something you need to be on top of. Right. Yeah, so absolutely. Absolutely. Because how, how awesome is Miami? It's a fantastic place. But what if, the, what if you went out to the beach and it was full of dead fish and smelled bad? Like how many people want to live there? How many people want to go to the beach then? It'll affect the entire economy of, of a city like that or Fort Lauderdale or anywhere. Right. Or go over to the other coast, Tampa, any of that. If, if, you know, we all want, we all want clean water. Like we all want, you know, a healthy ocean because that means even if you don't want to get on a boat, if you never want to get on a boat, you probably like walking on the beach. Right. right? So everybody wants a clean beach and, and it all starts with the, with the fish. So that's a, that's a cool story that we did that pharmaceuticals in the fish. I don't know about cocaine and sharks. I'll cut. We can go catch some sharks, and and you you're gonna them. be the first to report it. But uh, and the people, and obviously at the college, people are like, oh, we gotta see the movie now. We gotta see the movie, yeah. you know, because because of, of that uh, 
that bear incident. The cocaine bear. Yeah, man. You who came up with the ideas? Another brilliant, brilliant idea you had. Fitness Friday, How to Tuesday. Who came up with that? That's me. Um, <clears throat> so, as as well, I want to do the podcast because, like, the way that we do a TV show. If I had if I had uh, an idea that you would be a great guest on the TV show, and 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 we go and film a TV show, that's probably not going to air for more than a year, or at right. least maybe a year. Like we do things way in advance. But if you and I meet someplace and we have a great conversation, like, man, you'd be a great guest on the pod. I'd love to have you on the podcast. Or like you did, you reached out to me and we set this up within, within uh, a couple of days. And who knows, maybe it'll be published in a couple of days. I don't know. Right. I like the idea of having a, a, a creative outlet that I can get out right away. Right. And I think for me, that's what started the podcast. And so um, there's a couple of things that, that, I feel like I have uh, to give, and one of them is a lot of tips about fishing. So how-to Tuesdays are generally how to do something associated with fishing or the outdoors. And also, if I'm going to start something like the podcast or anything like that, I want to do it in a way that I can, I can replicate that as long as possible. Like if I got 15 great ideas, I'm not going to start a, you know, a segment on the podcast for that. But how to Tuesday, how to do anything outdoors, man, I could do that for, for the rest of my life. And then I feel very, very strongly that my career in fishing has been uh, as successful as it has been in large part because I take care of myself. When you're a fishing guide and, and a lot of people listening in Miami might, might know, you see these little boats, they got a polling tower on the back. And, and they're pulling all around Biscayne Bay and, and Miami. And you're, you got a guy on the back of the boat pushing the boat with a 21-foot pole. And there's somebody standing on the front of the boat. The wind's blowing in your face, and you're pushing that boat for eight hours. And um, that's what a skiff guide does. And that's what I did in the, in the Florida Keys when I, was, when I was guiding. And it's like being a professional athlete. You're making your money based upon your physical ability to push that boat. If you can push it a little faster, maybe you catch a fish. If you can push it a little longer, maybe you catch an, catch an extra fish. If you can uh, do it more days in a row, you put more money in your pocket. And, right. and it's very much like being a professional athlete. And I saw that a lot of my contemporaries were not taking care of themselves. And I thought, well, you know, with my wrestling background, man, the better shape I'm in, the more days I can do on the water, the better I can take care of my family, the more money I can put in my pocket the, the, the faster I can accelerate my career. So I started really paying attention to certain things, um, physical fitness, sleep, hydration, um, and staying out of the sun, like, like really being careful about, about how much sun I'm getting and, um, and it worked. And so a lot of people don't really know how to take care of themselves. Uh, either either how to do a workout that doesn't require a gym or any equipment or very much time, um, and so I I know all those things. No, you know, we got to give wrestling background. We got to give you a whole lot of credit for that, man. See, th this is the difference between me and you, right? You're a professional. You have your studio there set up. It's amazing. I'm here. My wife walks in in the middle of the thing. I'm in the <laughs> middle of the house. 
She's a 10, so I'm like staring at her. She's gorgeous, but I'm listening to you, man. See what I'm saying? It's like, listen, we're just... my wife's right upstairs and she could come down here any minute. I'm in my, I'm, I'm in a room in my o house, you know? Opening door. No, that's your studio, buddy. That's the official, that's the studio. <laughs> Open, that, that studio has generated hundreds of millions of views. She's in the kitchen, opening the door, the alarm's going off. This is how we do it, man, you know? <laughs> what matters is, what one of the things that I love, Tom, of what you're saying is, I'm a big proponent of effort and attitude. So there, there can be excuses. There's only like, there's only the reality of like what you said, which is, man, I just didn't work hard enough. And then it's okay because we only got one life, mm -hmm. right? That's, that's all I preach to parents and I preach to, to kids. It's like, you're going to make a choice. I had a video that did very well that I posted that I went to a lot of kids. Uh, I, I was heavy in a training world with kids probably about five years ago. The success of this show and what I do and the speaking stuff like that. Now I just do this, right? But I still work with kids every once in a while. And there's this group of kids that are trying to make the hardest school here in, in Miami. It's the hardest private school to make. And they're not cutting it. And I could tell they're not cutting it because they didn't have the mindset then. And they're not developed physically where you can take breaks. Because guys who are super athletes, Tom, in, in my world, and I think this happens in the world, is when you're the best, there's no problems because you're already the best. Right. That's a there's a different challenge there when you suck. There's no problem because you suck. So your parents don't even care. The fact that you even put on the uniform or you showed up on time, they're happy. There's no pressure. The problem is the middle of the line. These are the kids and the situations that are affected the most, because if they do a little bump up, they can, they can be good. But if they don't, they go right to this. Right. And I'm at Sky Zone with my four year old daughter because there's a program there that I have her in that she does jumping and stuff like that. Whatever. And I see these dudes there on a Monday. And I was like, what are you guys doing here on a Monday? And I put the video and I actually put myself in skies on talking about that, you know? So I agree with everything you're saying. You see that in the coaching world too, unfortunately, like you see these guys get fat. You know, I'm so overweight. And you're like, dude, these guys used to be like top athletes, but it's almost like, which at your community, it has that the right way with the hunting, with all you guys that, that take it seriously, like the black rifle guys, like, Let's be in some kind of shape. And it shows, man, it shows in your output. It shows in your work, which I think it's amazing. I think that's one of the reasons why you're putting out real quality stuff. Well, I hope so. But I also think that um, as a parent, you have a responsibility first to, to um, take care of your family. And you can take care of your family better if you're in good shape and you're physically capable and, uh, and, 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 and willing to work hard. But secondly, you can tell your kids anything you want to tell them. You can feed them the best quotes and mindset things and everything like that. But if they see what you're doing and it's not matching up with what you're telling them in one ear and out the other, now maybe, maybe it sticks for some kids. And I've seen that happen. I've seen kids go and be, be incredible. And their parents are very mediocre. And so somewhere along the line, their parents are probably telling them the right things. And the kids are like, well, I'm just going to do that. And they don't, they don't even have the, the, maybe they don't even think about it. Like, well, you're not doing that. But I think that when things get tough, um, it's one thing when everything's going great and everybody's winning and everything's great. And you just do what the coach tells you and you just do what the, what your parents tell you and all that. And it's, it's working. 
but then you're going to have a hard loss or you're going to, you're going to try to make a team like you're talking about. That's going to require a substantial amount of effort. And you were the best at this in your little community. And now you're stepping up here and you're mediocre at best among this new group. Right. Well, that's when things get tough. And that's when your parents are saying, well, you just got to work harder. And you're like, well, I don't see you working harder. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's when it gets tough. And that's what I think, you know, is, is a major driving force for me is that I want my kids to see that rain or shine, tired, sleepy, uh, fatigued, whatever, that I'm doing what I'm telling them to do. Dude, so I love care, that. Take care of yourself, right? I love and, that, man. I love that. Tom, what you go on a boat. What kind of music do you like to listen to? <laughs> um, you know, the funny thing is, is for, for a long time, probably my entire guide career, and when we're filming the TV show, we listen to no music, um, which is, is kind of interesting because it would seem like you could, and in certain types of fishing that you, you, you absolutely can, but to somebody that doesn't do this type of fishing, it might be hard to believe that in order to be really good at it, Every you need every sense that you have. It makes sense. Yes, you right. Because you do hunting style. Yeah, yeah. You need to be able to smell. I mean, there's certain smells you can smell the bait. You can like like if if there's a a, a bunch of bait and it's been attacked by uh, some fish, it'll leave a oil on the water. Right. You can smell that sometimes. You can you can hear things. Uh, you can hear a fish's tail come out of the water. You can hear a tarpon roll. You can hear a fish eat something. You can so like every sense is is on high alert right in in the type of fishing that i like to do now offshore fishing where you're fishing on the bottom you're going to be out there you're going to do you do a bunch of drops for swordfish or something and and you're moving slow and nothing that you hear or see makes any difference at all it's all happening two thousand feet below you sure we like to listen to music but i like uh if i were uh now now my workout music i listen to music when i work out and i'd say it's uh retro rock who do you yeah. like? Give me one. Well, one group you uh, like. today it, we celebrated uh, Mick Jagger's birthday, so we did a full Rolling Stones playlist. Favorite love, Mick, uh, very favorite Rolling Stones song? Um, probably "Give Me Shelter." Give me shelter. All right, dude. Give love it. Shelter. How do you not get? To, how do you not get seasick? Like, well, talk to me about that motion. That's a that's a uh, that's a really good question, and I, I will say that I have never been really really seasick but i've also never been in a situation that i might get really really seasick and i can tell you the secret to getting seasick or not getting seasick very few captains get seasick because they are active their mind is active they're paying attention to a lot of different things they're looking at their 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 uh their instruments they're they're you know doing the the controls on the boat they're they're trying to make sure that everybody's catching fish and everybody's happy and there's a lot of things going on your mind's active the people that get seasick are the ones that aren't the ones fishing. They're not doing anything. They're sitting there. They're bored. And that's the one that goes. And that's the first. one that gets you. Tom, I think we just created your next how-to video. <laughs> we just stay busy. I mean, the, the way to stay busy really is like, like if I'm on a boat and, and let's say somebody just invited me on a boat, an offshore boat, I'm going to be like, asking the mate, Hey, can I help you? Can I tie some knots? Can I do this? Can I, you know, put me on something like, let me, let me, I'll get the bait. I'll do whatever, because I want to stay active because I know 
I'm as susceptible of getting seasick as anybody else. And what keeps me from getting seasick, I believe, is a little bit of experience. Like you, you experience will help, but some people have inner ear conditions where they're going to get seasick anyway. And I've met some captains that get seasick every single day, but they love fishing so much wow. that they will they will overcome that. And they've got some sort of little inner ear thing, and and pretty much every day they're going to throw up. Okay, wow. so those guys those guys change their behavior a little bit. And they change what they eat for breakfast. So it's real light, you know, and if they do throw up, it's not going to be much. They probably don't eat lunch on the boat. And then their biggest meal of the day is dinner, right? Like they want, you know, and, and then there's things that you can do. Like you can, uh, ginger is really good. Pickled ginger. A lot of people, uh, eat that and say that it does a lot of good things. Um, I don't like the medication at all. Uh, Dramamine knocks me out completely, but my best tip on, uh, uh, getting seasick or not getting seasick. And, and if you had to use the Dramamine is the night before take half. So let's say that you go to bed at 10 o'clock and you got to be at the boat at six, you take half a dose. So maybe it's two pills. You take one pill at night, you're going to sleep great because that stuff knocks you out. And then in the morning you just take one. So you're not, you're not getting the double dose. You're only getting one dose nice. and it's already in your system when you get on the boat, it's already been in your system. So, uh, a lot of people will, uh, you know, get on the boat, take the Dramamine or take it right before they get on the boat. They will get seasick because it hasn't gotten into their bloodstream yet and it's not working properly. So they end up throwing up and then they end up passing out because the medicine is, wow. has, is not working. <laughs> so talk about somebody that's never going to go fishing again. That sounds like a horrible day. Yeah, and you just got fun. sunburned because you're just laying there in the sun. <laughs> so it's a terrible day and you're probably super dehydrated. So they're oh like fishing. God. No, no, I don't want to go fishing. I'm that was the going... worst day of my life. Last time I went, <laughs> Dude, that is, that, that is real too, but it um, doesn't I'm... have to be that way. I, I, dude, I am such a fan of everything you're doing, man. I, I, I can't encourage you more just to do more. We need more Toms. Your, your, your work is tremendous. The output, the quality, the care duties, like a giving dude is so much good qualities, man. Before I let you go, any question for me, anything I can help you with? Yeah. I want to know, uh, well, first of all, I'd like to have you on my podcast because, uh, the physical Friday, we talk about mindset all the time. Uh, I'd like to hook you up with, uh, Mike Chandler also. M, uh, UFC fighter. Yeah, yeah for sure. Supposed to fight uh, Connor, but he loves talking mindset. And that okay. guy is a winner. You want to talk okay. about a winner? That guy's a winner. You could okay. have a great podcast with him. What I'd like to know from you is what do you think the, um, the biggest challenge for uh, a young athlete in, in, in like say high school sports, somebody that has the potential, has the talent, What's the biggest challenge to that you see for them to uh, realize that potential? Those that that I think the man upstairs has certain ways of telling people you're a lion, you're a gazelle, you're a zebra, you're a horse, you're you're a shark, you're a sea turtle. Let's put it in your world. You're a crab, right? And the people, and you see a lot of posts talking about this, Tom. It's almost the team you put around the athlete is equally as important as the athlete, whether it's the parent or the, or the friends of the parents and stuff like that. So the most important thing with athletes today 
Like if I would have grabbed you, if I had the opportunity to get you when you were in high school is I got to figure you out as a wrestler and not compare you to somebody else. Just use the assets you have and really go hard on those assets. Right. And then we'll focus on the failures and then we'll talk about that. And then we're going to work on dealing with failure and the realities of it. I come from a sport that imagine if you fail seven out of three out of 10 times, you fail seven. You're a multimillionaire, brother. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Imagine in fishing, every 10 trips you take, you fail seven times. Out of real hard on the ego, real hard on the stuff, right? Imagine in in wrestling, out of 10 matches, you fail, you lose seven of them. And the irony of baseball is where baseball really gets you is in football, you drop a pass, the quarterback can throw it back to you. In basketball, you miss a shot, you shoot an air ball, you can grab the ball and do it again. Baseball forces you to wait eight batters, Mm. three outs each inning for you to get that opportunity again. I can't really mess up my first at bat and go, you know what, Tom? Dude, I wasn't paying attention, man. Can I get your at bat and then I'll give you my second one? You can't do that. So the mind, the issues that come into your brain and what you think about, almost like fishing. You know, sometimes I'm sure you're out there and when it isn't going so good, you're like, what am I doing out on the boat here? Like, really, what, what, why did I force it? There's a, but if you look at, and this is what I might, how I would answer your question is, I would look at, like, at everything as an experience, and then let's talk about it. And I think what's missing with that person and with people in general is very good, healthy, positive communication, but realistic. Like realistic, like you right now, you have a certain thing, you bring your, let's use an example, you bring your son aboard, he's not giving you what you want out of him, just not putting him down, I'm not saying, hey, you know, when are you going to figure out your life, instead of being that guy, you just sit down and say, listen, man, this is what I have, this is what I want to do with you, can you do this, oh, you can't, great, we're going we're gonna to fix this, we're going to find something for you to be successful, and if you can't meet the standard that I want, I love you to death, I just can't help you anymore. You know, I'm here if you need me. I got to take care of your sister. I got to take care of your mom. I got to take care of this. But I love you to death. It's not like, and if people were talked that way versus criticizing and putting out, it would change everything, dude. That's, right. that's, that's how I view it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop this recording now. I'm going to say bye to you the right way. I'm going to tag all your stuff. To, is it Sea Salt? What is it called? Sea? Your channel? Um, Waypoint. Waypoint, but there's the okay. So we'll do Waypoint. I'm gonna tag your podcast, everything on here below. Mm-hmm. Tom's the best, guys. He has a he has a, a what's your phone number? You put your what's a 305 number. <laughs> Go for it. I have a I have a text number 305-930-7346. We have a big I have a big fishing following by the way. I train a ton of parents that they're a ton of kids that their parents are into fishing and stuff like that. So I'm gonna ha- link them up with you so they can ask you questions and stuff. Great people. That's awesome. Tom's the best. Tom, I wish you success. Don't. Hey, Hang up, okay? You. Don't leave. Don't leave. I'm, I'm honored to have been on here. Thank you for inviting me. Awesome, awesome. Don't leave. Let me end you the right way. Hold on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.